Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association and the number one show for the invested sports fan. Spectacular catch! They're saying it's a catch! Touchdown! You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my god, that's incredible! Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? (laughs) And we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Rabon, and this is your week seven betting preview Stucky and I are going to go through our top six favorite bets for this week in the Sunday six pack we'll start off previewing Thursday night football we'll give you our favorite teaser our favorite total all that good stuff Stucky what's going on we were just talking off air I mean how brutal was that Texans beat where they were up and they go for two and miss it. And then the Titans just rampage down the field twice. That kept me from a sweep last weekend. I know it kept you from going eight, eight for eight on sides last week as well. I mean, it was my number one overall pick because you took the 49ers, which would have been my number one overall pick. But yeah, the amount of things that had to happen to get to overtime, including a brilliant fake penalty, or I guess intentional penalty by Mike Vrabel, the Texans, if they were aware, should have declined that, which enabled the Titans to get the ball back and go all the way down the field and score with four seconds left on a questionable touchdown. I probably agreed with it standing, but it was close. I thought that was a bad call, but they couldn't reverse it. Like it was in- Well, that's what I mean. I don't think it was a touchdown, but I see why you, could, you would say it stands. Um, but, like, the, t- the Texans missed an extra point earlier in the game, and then, that, then the Titans went for two and got it. You know, then obviously the Texans, which I agreed with, going for two with your defense, don't get it. And then after the game I hear, uh, the Titans had 200 more yards. Dude, that is – Irrelevant. They got the ball back going 80 yards in the final minute against a prevent defense. And then in overtime, they got the ball. Whichever team got the ball was going down and scoring. So there was your 180 yards. It was a completely dead even game. And once the Titans won the toss, then it comes down to a coin flip. You just had a figure that they were going down and scoring against Houston's defense. And then they run a wildcat, which is like the easiest play in NFL history to stop. Like they're going to do one thing there. I mean, I guess they were going to go for it on fourth down. But, yeah, that was miserable. What are you going to do? These overtime beats got to stop. But we, we, uh, we move on. The Titans keep finding a way to get it done. Uh, we will talk about them more later in the show, I am sure. Before we kick things off here, two very quick reminders. Number one, if you plan to bet the NFL this season and haven't downloaded the free award-winning Action Network app, what are you doing? It's got betting tools, analysis, from myself, Stucky, the whole Action Network team, and it lets you track every bet that you make. And number two, if you want a chance at a free Vegas vacation, don't forget to enter the Action Pods Tournament of Champions presented by BetMGM. This is the seventh week of this free Yahoo DFS tournament top five 
each week get a chance to play for a free Vegas vacation valued at over $5,000, courtesy of BetMGM. 45 spots in the Wild Card Weekend Grand Finale are still up for grabs, and you've got nothing to lose. Just imagine yourself on that free Vegas vacation. You're gambling, you're drinking, you run into Henry Ruggs playing Mississippi Stud. You start chatting, and next thing you know, boom, you're front row together watching Carrot Top stand up at the Luxor. Anything's possible, so sign up now using the link in the episode description. All right, let's get into it. Stuck. We're going to talk some Thursday night football. It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday night football. So here we go. We got the Giants. We got the Eagles. Is it a battle for first place? Is it a battle for last place? I don't know. Uh, You had an interesting point about the Eagles when we spoke before the Action Network live show, uh, which comes on every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And you were fascinated by the Eagles holding out a bunch of guys in that Ravens game and, and you know, kind of gearing up for this Thursday night game. Now, it looks like Alshon Jeffrey is going to miss again. He's been practicing. Does not look like he's going to return this week. So he's out. Deshaun Jackson, though, will be back with Miles Sanders. Uh, out for the Eagles, Zach Ertz out for the Eagles. What do you make of this game with the Eagles kind of shuffling some pieces here on offense? Every time they get one guy back, it's like one step forward, two steps back. Yeah, maybe they should have sat Sanders and Ertz for that game. But I think from there, and Deshaun Jackson's still limited, so who knows how many snaps he's going to get and how long it takes before he's limping to the sideline. But the, you know, from the initial depth chart the Eagles had going into the season, there's two guys left. If you if Deshaun Jackson can't go the whole game, that's Jason Kelsey and Carson Wentz for this game. That's it. So you know, it's it's a tough game to cap. It's what I think it's going to come down to is I mean Carson Wentz is going to have to play hero ball with some of his backup receivers, and that's either going to lead to a couple big plays or a couple turnovers, and that's probably going to swing this game one way or the other. In addition, what does Danny Dimes do against a, a good Eagles defensive line that should be able to generate pressure against the Giants' weakness, which is their offensive line. Let's hear it for Danny Dimes. So I think it's going to come down to like one or two turnovers. I make the line four-ish. The over-under is about fair. I see a tad bit of value in the under, but the Eagles have been playing a little faster. And one of the things that I wanted to note is the Giants have played the Steelers, number two overall DVO. The A defense, the Bears, number five, the Rams, number 13, the Cowboys, way down, they put up 34, Washington, number seven. So, like, they've played, outside of the Cowboys game, which they actually did score, they've played a number of really good defenses. And they've hung around in these games. They've been competitive. So, will the offense look a lot better against an Eagles defense, which is nowhere near the caliber of a top rated defense will they actually throw to Evan Ingram I mean you that's where you can exploit this Eagles defense up the seam I don't know but I I did want to point out that if you if you are thinking about backing this under you know it's amazing how quick the NFL market catches up all this talk was about overs overs on the year now are 46 44 and one and if you go by month they were 29 and 19 in September 17 and 25 so far in October now small sample size there's a lot of noise in there so I went and looked at 
what are the things that have been driving these totals going up? We talked about a number of things. We talked about penalties. Well, holding calls on the year are still at about 1.96 per week. They ticked up a bit over the past three weeks, but they're still under two. They've been about, you know, there were two seven last year, two eight. So holding calls are still down. If you look at PI, PI for the year is about one, 1.45 pass, defensive pass interference calls per game. Historically, that's around one. Last year's around one, two. So penalties are still helping the offense in general. It'll be something that I continue to monitor. If you look at points per game, week one, 47 and a half. Week two, 53.3. Week three, 52.2. Week four, 52.5. Week five, 51.8. Week six, 47.4. So for the season, we're at about 51, which is still about three or four points higher than last year. But we're starting to see pace is now normalized so pace has come back down you also see you're starting to see worse weather you're starting to see more backup quarterbacks quarterback injuries now happen but yards per point actually down and what that means is efficiency overall from an offensive standpoint is up and what i think that speaks to directly is fourth down decisions so you're seeing many many more teams go for it on fourth down to prolong drives instead of kicking a field goal they'll go for it on fourth and one and then instead of punting you know or kicking a field goal, they're able to convert the fourth and one and then score a touchdown. Seeing that a lot more. Um, So I still think that, you know, and there's still no fans, so the communication is conducive to offenses. I still think it's a overall over-friendly environment with the penalties, with the coaching decisions. Teams are also getting smarter about throwing on first down, but the market has adjusted. The market has certainly adjusted, so don't be afraid. I think we can just treat these over-unders now as how we see them playing out. Uh, don't be afraid to get in on unders, but it's something I'll continue to monitor and update the podcast. But for this game, I probably won't have anything the market looks about fair. And I think it'll just come down to a couple key turnovers. And Wentz has shown he'll throw them. Danny Dimes has shown that he'll cough it up when he's gets pressured. So uh, it's probably a stay away for me. I, as I always say, if I could find a reason to stay away from Thursday night, I will. And I have plenty of reasons to stay away here. Yeah, and when you talk about going for it on fourth down, the Giants and the Eagles are actually both top six in uh, fourth down attempts. The Eagles are three of nine. The Giants are six of eight. Uh, both of these teams are kind of middling uh, to bad on, on, on third downs. And it's, you know, it, it's, I think the under does have a little bit of value, but uh, it's come down some. You really don't know about this Eagles offense. It's so banged up. But you look at the Eagles, they've been struggling all year and their pace when in a situation like this game script will likely or is more likely to play out than than it has been in other weeks for the Eagles. They are number 23 in seconds per play with a, a seven point lead or more. Now, you know, total seconds per play in terms of, you know, total pace, Eagles are number five. In uh, the second half, they're number three. They're usually down. Uh, when the game is close, within six, they're, they're number nine. When they trail by seven or more, they're number three. So if the Eagles can jump out to a lead, you're kind of saying, okay, maybe this game will be a little higher scoring. But I think if the Eagles jump out to a lead, it actually might be a good live underspot because I think um, they'll slow it down. And, and the Giants, have, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I agree with you. I don't know how they're going to get it going on offense against still a solid line for the Eagles but uh, I do think Evan Ingram has to get involved I mean Philly's number 31 in DVOA uh, against the tight end position and this is 
like, like the offense needs Evan Ingram. It's not just like, okay, you know, there's other guys, maybe, you know, Slayton. It's not like Shepard's there and Tate's not doing much. So you need Ingram. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he were to go off. But uh, overall, I think this game does lean toward, toward an under. And I'd look out for that if, if the Eagles get up because that's really the only time they've kind of slowed it down a bit. And if this Thursday night football matchup is too gross for you, BetMGM has a great sign-up offer for the World Series this week. Customers can bet $1 and win $100 in free bets if either the Rays or the Dodgers hit a home run on Friday or Saturday night. Just sign up and make your first bet using bonus code ACTION100. Download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com. MGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTION100 to bet $1 and win 100 in free bets if either the Rays or the Dodgers hit a homer in Game 3 or Game 4 of the World Series. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. All right, let's go right into our Sunday six pack. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday six-pack. We draft our top three favorite sides each week. Our top picks are worth two. Our other two picks are worth one point. And then our favorite total, which we talk about in the next segment, that's also worth a point. So where are you going to start this week? I have some ugly teams coming up this week. Just be warned. But let's start with the Detroit Lions at the Atlanta Falcons uh, at two, plus two and a half at BetMGM right now, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. So these two teams are fairly similar. You know, they have really good offenses and questionable defenses. I fancy the Lions' defense a little bit more, which is why I think, you know, I make this closer to a point, which is I think what will be the difference here. I also think that they'll be able to better execute in the red zone where we've seen the Falcons have issues. And here's one of the reasons why I really like the, the Lions this week. And they're a great teaser piece, especially at two and a half. La- I've been begging for them to change things on offense, right? And defense. I talked about this last week on the podcast. I want to see them change up their looks on defense. I want to see them throw more on first down. I want to see them stop handing it to Adrian Peterson. That Maybe they listened to the podcast. They did all of those things last week. They blitzed. A ton. And they got a 34% pressure rate. They were 16% before last week. They played zone 61% of the time. They were averaging 30% over the previous four games. They took more deep shots. They started throwing more on first downs. And guess what? They kept Adrian Peterson. I think if you look like pro football focus, he's the least efficient back in the NFL, obviously. They kept him on the sidelines for the most part. And... They let DeAndre Swift run the ball, and they had their first 100-yard rusher in over a year. So they're taking more deep shots. Galladay's back. They're handing the ball to Swift now instead of Peterson. And on defense, they're changing up their looks, and they're bringing pressure. So um, I think all those things bode well for the Lions' defense moving forward instead of just sitting in this base predictable cover one all of the time. So I like the way that this Lions team is trending. Maybe they'll revert back, but – you know, at the end of the day, I'll also take the two and a half, look to see if you can get a three or tease it in a game that should be close. There should be points, and it'll probably come down to 
a red zone possession or two. And I trust the Lions defense. And they're often our Lions offensive line, by the way, is playing really well. I trust the Lions defense to get a couple more stops uh, or force a couple more field goals. So give me the Lions plus two and a half here. And I hope they continue switching up the looks on defense, taking those deep shots, keeping Swift in the game, um, and then throwing more in first down. I like what I saw last week. Hopefully the Lions do as well. So give me the Lions. Yeah, uh, I like it. I think, you know, you, it was an obvious spot, I guess, to to back the the Falcons last week with the, the coaching change. But now, you know, now you're a week removed from that. Uh, this is kind of a, a letdown spot. I don't think this is really um, a mismatch. And the Falcons really haven't had much of a home field advantage either. And, and even though the Lions uh, didn't have a bye last week, I mean, they almost had a bye because they kind of cruised to victory against the, the Jags that game was never in doubt so uh, I think the Lions well rested getting healthier and, and like you said mixing up some looks so I, I like them as a teaser too and I, I may have taken them if you hadn't hello Detroit you won my heart For my number one pick I'm actually going back to the well of the same t- uh, situational spot that I bet the Lions last week against the Jaguars, and that's the Seattle Seahawks off a bye playing Arizona here on on short rest note on a short week no less. And I mean, Arizona won thirty eight to ten, was it? And it was not really that impressive of a victory. Uh, and I was backing Arizona, but I mean, they get the late you know breakaway run from Kenyon Drake. They're playing a Cowboys team in a in a letdown spot that's, you know, it's, it's obvious because they get the, the this one's for Dak win the week before against the Giants. So uh, you could kind of see the letdown coming a little bit with the Cowboys. And Andy Dalton can't handle pressure. And even though the Cards didn't have Chandler Jones in that game, uh, they were able to dial up some pressures. And uh, Dalton could not make them pay. I think he just dumped it down to, to Zeke. This is going to be a totally different beast, uh, you know, to, to then come on a short week and prepare for a rested Seahawks team with Russell Wilson playing out of his mind. Uh, the Seahawks are, you know, near the top of the league in, in every uh, passing category or at the top of the league. So, you know, I'm going with the Seahawks here for my number one pick in the Sunday six pack. Now 63, 29 and two against the spreads, 69% are road favorites coming off a bye since 2003. Well, I, I disagree with you just because of my number and uh, to throw a trend out there, it's the curious trend, but teams off a Monday night game playing a team off a bye are 24-9-1 against the spread, covering by over a touchdown a game on average since 2003. 24-9-1. Since 1989, 33-15. My hypothesis is that maybe this spot with the bye and then a team coming off Monday night gets overvalued in the market. Um, I don't see why else it would be beneficial to play on a short week versus a team coming off of a bye. But, you know, I, it looks like you know, the, the Arizona defense, they lost Chandler Jones, which is, which is a big loss for his edge pressure. But the defense overall is playing a lot better. I like their play calling. I think it's going to make them more aggressive. You saw against Dallas, they were bringing Buda Baker a lot. This Seahawks defense is just a trash can. I mean, I can't get over how bad they are. Like, every week I see more performances. I'm like, wow, how bad must that Seattle defense must have been? We saw the Patriots. They can't get a first down against Denver's backups the whole game until the end. I mean, 
it was, but they, this is a, a New England team that just went up and down the field. Cam Newton looked like he was running back in his prime, the Panthers, when they went to the Super Bowl. They, they were just throwing down feet. I mean, it was – then you would see the Vikings. The Vikings put up 500 yards of offense against Seattle, and then they can't do anything against Atlanta. It, it, this Seattle defense is really bad. And Jamal Adams doesn't look like he's going to play. They don't get any pressure. They're confused in the secondary. Their best players are at linebacker. It's like, yeah, pretty meaningless against – Arizona is going to spread you out. So I make this line closer to two. Even adjusting, I adjusted. I gave a half-point bump to Seattle for the situational spot. But I make it under three. The Arizona defense is grading out fairly well. The one thing I will say is that that could be misleading because the quarterbacks they've played are Bridgewater, uh, Flacco, um, Dalton, you know, they played Jimmy G week one, then they played Washington and, and Detroit they lost to at home. So they haven't played the best lineup of, of quarterbacks, which is one thing that gives me a little bit of hesitation. Um, but, you know, I hate the Seattle team, so I'll probably be against you here. <laughs> I mean, I, listen, I, I get what you're saying about the defense. This is no secret. Seattle's defense is terrible, but their quarterback is playing good enough to – outweigh that defense and this is not like a Seattle spot where you have to kind of gauge whether you want to take the plunge at you know six six and a half seven this is them as a three and a half point favorite you know this they win games by one possession yeah but this is this could be a smash spot for them because I really have concerns about this Arizona team I mean as much like we know what Seattle's issues are they're playing to see and they can get through it because they're just playing so well offensively but I mean, Arizona, you talk about a terrible 38-10 to 10 win. Kyler Murray, what was he, 8 of 20? And nearly half of his yards or more than half of his yards came on one 80-yard play to Christian Kirk. Arizona, and I've said this since last year, they have a tendency, as good as Kyler Murray is, and he's great, you know, he's probably going to get at least one rushing touchdown or make at least like two big plays every game on the ground. But uh, the passing offense, it looks like it's going sideways half the time. They can't, they can't run block, like – that you know they they get the they get sprung for the big run at the end of the at the end of the game and that that inflates their numbers but this Arizona team is worrisome and that's why I think you saw them lost lose to a team like Carolina you saw them lose to a team like uh, Detroit yeah they've got some wins against Joe Flacco and, and Andy Dalton but I, I think the public was overrating Dallas heading into that Cardinals game to be honest so you know now it's a spot where you know maybe it was it looked impressive to some people for Arizona to get a blowout win, but I'm not buying I'm not buying it at all. I think you know if Seattle's ever going to you know mitigate whatever's going on on defense, it's going to come on this short uh, on this you know two week buy. And I, I mean that trend is pretty crazy though. But the the road favorites off a of buy trend has like I think double or more of the sample size. So um, I'm still going with that. I still like Seattle. I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle blew them out. A rare, can't blow, a rare Seattle can't blow anyone out. Well, that, they actually did beat the Cardinals in Arizona by double digits last year, then lost at home. Mm-hmm. Revenge spot. 17 of the last 19 by one possession. So you better hope they went between four and eight. All right, for my second pick of the Sunday six-pack, I'm going back on my word. And let's go with the New York football Jets plus 13 and a half. Look, I know that I'm trying to catch a falling knife here, and I have led the bandwagon saying, do not bet on the New York Jets this year. I've said it for six straight weeks. They didn't cover for six straight weeks. Them and the Cowboys became the first team since 2013 
to start off the season 0 and 6 against the spread. So while like the all these <laughs> while all these people have been betting, you know, the Jets, they haven't been covering. I've been saying don't bet them. Now, you're I'm seeing all this stuff on Twitter. Will they go 0 and 16? There was an article on ESPN today, don't bet the Jets. Everyone's saying now don't bet the Jets. It's usually a signal that it's time. Let's look back at and by the way, I make this line 10 and a half. I've had the Jets eight to 10 points worse than, and they've been falling. They're about 10 points worse than a new, uh, an average team on a neutral field right now. The Bills have problems, by the way. The Bills have problems with their offensive line. They have injuries. They cut Swain. Their defensive line, I don't know what is going on with the Bills' defensive line. They just decided to healthy scratch Murphy and Phillips last week, so the Chiefs just handed it off 100 times at the middle because the Bills had no defensive line. Milano is banged up. And the Bills, by the way, are coming off of a short week Two short weeks. They played Tuesday night and then Monday night, and now another short week on the road in division to a New York team that has to have some pride here. But more so than that, Buffalo plays New England next week, and then about seven straight playoff teams. Like, their schedule gets really tough. I doubt they're going to show much here. They're going to try to get healthy. They're going to just try to escape out here with an ugly win. I mean, just catching 13 and a half, and it totals 45, which should be a lower-scoring game, is too much for me to pass up. And it seems like teams have figured out how to play the Bills. The Ravens kind of showed the script last year. They just blitz. And Josh Allen can't – all you have to do is blitz the Bills because Allen is so inaccurate underneath. Well, what's the one thing the Jets will do? They'll blitz as much as any team not named the Ravens. So they are going to blitz Allen, force him into some mistakes underneath and some inaccuracy underneath, which will cause some punts. But I just think the Bills aren't going to show much here. I think the market has finally, has finally oversold the Jets. Let's look back at the team's – the last three teams, are only three teams of the past decade, that have gone 0-6 against the spread. The 2-14 and 14 Texans in 2013, they were plus 7 at the Chiefs with Case Keenum at quarterback. They lost by 1. The 2011 Dolphins, they, were, they started out 0-6 against the spread, 0-6 straight up. They were plus 9.5 at the Giants with Matt Moore as their quarterback. They lost by 3. And the 2-14 and 14 Rams, the 2011 2-14 and Rams, who also started out 0-6 straight up and against the spread, they were plus 13.5 at the Saints. They won by 10 with A.J. Feely as their quarterback. So if, if you need some, some level of comfort to back the Jets here, those were three hard teams with Case Keenum, Matt Moore, and A.J. Feely as their quarterbacks, all 0-6 against the spread. Two of them were 0-6 straight up. The market had completely backed off all of them, and all three covered. This is still the NFL – these guys are still playing for jobs. So there's been nothing pretty about the Jets. I've hated them all year. I've had them lower than everyone all year to start the year. Now I haven't like way over adjusted them. They kind of are who I thought they were, a shitty-ass team. But now I think the market's oversold in a good spot. Bills off a short week, two short weeks in a row. Patriots on deck. Some issues in the trenches. That run defense is really poor. So with the Jets, what they're doing is just handing it off. There's running dives. It might work against the Bills to get a couple drives here. So give me the New York football 0-6 straight up and 0-6 against the spread. Adam Gaze led. Joe Flacco probably led, although Darnold practiced today. New York Jets. Yeah, uh, I think this line is way off. I have it at 10 as well. And uh, I do think it's a tough situational spot for the Bills. I'm not going to bet on Adam Gase just because I just refuse, but the Jets are absolutely the right play. And this, this line is off by, I, I would say two to three points. So it, it's a great value. It's, and uh, I, uh, I give you props Hold for taking nose. the plunge. Yeah. I, I, I give you props for taking the plunge there. New York, New York, the wonderful town. The Bronx is up and the battery's down. The people riding a hole in the ground. New York, New York.
uh, for my second pick, I am going to go with one that I'm surprised that the market shifted on this one. I thought I was going to kind of be on an island uh, with the, the Tennessee Titans, especially after they lost Taylor Luan to a torn ACL. But with the number four pick in the week seven Sunday six pack, I am taking the Tennessee Titans. No left tackle in all at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, by the way, played four straight home games because of all this COVID madness. So Titans are one and a half point favorites. Uh, I actually got this at uh, plus two and a half. So it got steamed like crazy. I think uh, probably a few hours before we're, we're recording this, I was all ready to take them uh, as a dog. There's a lot, a lot of bet out, uh, a lot of value bet out of this line, but I still like the Titans in this spot. I think, uh, you look at what Pittsburgh does well, they get pressure. That's why I was betting them against Baker Mayfield. Um, and you would think that Tennessee, no left tackle, t- against a defense that gets pressure, big issues, right? Well, Ryan Tannehill, after starting his career very shaky against pressure, uh, last year he was near the top of the league in passer rating under pressure, and this year he's number one. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, in passer rating under pressure. Uh, his other bugaboo was he would take a ton of sacks. Uh, and so his, you know, his passing numbers would look good because you know, he would either make a good play or he would take a sack. Well, that's not happening anymore. He's getting the ball out quicker, uh, and the sack rate is way down uh, to, under, to, to single digits in, in terms of percentages when he's under pressure. So he's playing a lot better under pressure. And I'm just, I, I, this is time to sell on the Steeler team after they play four straight home games, don't really impress in any of them, get a ton of big plays that kind of buoy their, their final uh, point totals. And you look at the Steelers, they're bottom five on offense in early down success rate, both with the run game and the pass game. And, and that's, that may be a surprise to people considering, you know, Chase Claypool's broken out and the Steelers are, you know, getting to the high 20s every week. But this is a team that is, has not been consistent on a down-to-down basis. And I don't really think that this defense, I think this is a tough matchup for their defense as well, uh, going against this Titans team that's near the top of the league uh, in both run and pass early down success rate. So uh, the Titans haven't been all that impressive either. But um, I think that this team is just a, you know, in this spot, the Titans third straight home game, the Steelers finally going on the road again. I just think we don't know enough about the Steelers to, to trust them as road favorites or even short road dogs in this spot. Uh, I like Tennessee here and I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee uh, actually blew the Steelers out. And this was a big letdown game uh, for Pittsburgh, who's just been playing way above their heads uh, offensively. Wow. I kind of disagree. I, this Titans team, I feel like I'm lower on the Titans than most of the market. I mean, they keep escaping with these wins over not great teams, by the way. And I mean, even if you look at the Bills game, it was pretty misleading, that box score. But who, who are the other teams they beat? I mean, their first three wins came by a total of six points. They could have, they, two, they were two point conversion away from losing to the Texans at home. The defense is terrible. They get no pressure, none. And then their, their secondary is banged up. I don't like the defense at all. So, you know, that's kind of the top. that will be big once they get him back healthy. But, you know, the big worry for me is the Steelers' run defense is really solid. And although Bush, they did lose Bush. And what, what will happen without Luan and some of their backups are banged up as well? Because I know that Tannehill has been good under pressure, but they run a lot of play action. What you saw last week is when, the, when Luan went out, the Titans had two turnovers, one of which was J.J. Watt firing off the edge 
where Luan normally is and hitting Tannehill and he fumbled it. The other one was pressure and he threw a pick. So they were trying to hit a big play. I don't know if that was necessarily pressure generated, but can, will the Steelers get one or two, you know, will they force a turnover that wouldn't have happened here? I just trust the Steelers defense to get a few more stops over than the Titans and, and the Steelers offense hasn't been good. Their offensive line isn't as good this year. And I'm saying that since the beginning of the year, I, I think this line is about right to me. It's not like I love the Steelers, although this normally is a Tomlin smash spot. He's playing a team that's 5-0. and you know, this is his, He's a rah-rah coach. He gets his team up for these road games. He's 21-10 and 10 against the spread in his career on the road against teams that are over 500. So he should have his team fired up here. Um, even with the Ravens on deck, these are two undefeated teams in the FC, so I expect the Steelers to be fired up here. I all I want in this game, I think it should be close. Is but now I'm waiting for the Steelers to get see if they get the two, two and a half. If not at one and a half, I'll tease the Steelers up over seven. I think this is a one possession game. I mean, you talk about and I agree, the Titans, yeah, they haven't beat anybody crazy, but you talk about uh, strength of schedule. This is these are the Steelers' wins Giants, Broncos, Texans, Eagles, Browns. Uh, I was on the Steelers in against the Giants. Uh, the Texans teased them against the Eagles and bet them against the Browns. Like, so I'm, it's not like I don't like the Steelers or I'm not onto them. I think they have a great defense, but I mean, I think, I think I've been getting lucky with them covering in a lot of these spots because, and I think the thing people don't realize about Tennessee is it's a little bit Seattle. Like they're well coached and they just have this offensive formula that, it almost is, it doesn't matter what's going on with the O-line. It doesn't, like Derrick Henry is just such a unique beast. And then that combined with Ryan Tanner, who, by the way, in all the starts of the Titans so far, he's only thrown for, he's only failed to throw multiple touchdowns twice as, as a Tennessee Titan. Like this, this offense can score the best of them. This is why we lost this bet, you know, with Houston, because this team you know goes down the field twice and just, you know, wins the game and, um, I, I just don't think it's, it's, it may sound crazy. And I may be, I could be, obviously I could be wrong. It's probably a, at least a, you know, like a 47, 46% chance I'm wrong, but I, I don't think Pittsburgh can hang with the Titans offensively. And, and, and that's just the bottom line. Where I think this game could be decided is in the red zone. Like are, are the Titans ever going to have any regression in the red zone? They score every, by the way, red zone scoring touchdown percentage is way up this year too across the board. And I think that's because teams are, able to communicate more. There's not noise, you know, right? That's where noise gets the largest, and teams are going for it on fourth down. But the Titans are just so elite. And last year, the, the Steelers were historically bad in the red zone. Obviously, they had historically bad quarterback play. But if they're settling for field goals, it's tough because that Titans offense is so good in the red zone. Bottom five, Stuck. Bottom five in offensive early down success rate. Like, that's, that's just a super – like, that's a huge red flag. Like, you could, you could have a great defense all you want, but – if you can't move, the Titans are going to score points. Like the Titans don't not score points. I think the over is what, like 13 and three or something in Tannehill starts, uh, you know, since, since taking over, like the Titans are going to score. So that Steelers defense, I mean, they gave up 29 to the, the Eagles. And Browns was a predictable letdown spot for the Browns with Baker with hurt. But uh, I'm just not impressed with, with uh, Pittsburgh. So I'm, I'm selling them. Fair enough. 
Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. All right, for my third pick and the fifth overall of the Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Cleveland Browns, who are minus three, minus 120 at BetMGM against the Cincinnati Bengals. Look, oh, yeah. we, f- we figured out pretty much – I make this line closer to four and a half. Look, I, the first matchup, the Browns dominated. It took miracles, miracles for the Bengals to lose by five and for me to lose that five – Minus five and a half bet on a bet, like multiple back doors, five for five on fourth down. The Bengals were outgained by three yards per play, just a complete mismatch. The Browns could do whatever they wanted in the run game and through the air. And the reason for that is we've pretty much figured out who the Browns are, and it's because of who Baker Mayfield is. The t- two of the worst performances this year across the NFL have been the Browns against the Steelers and the Ravens. Guess what those two teams do really well? They get pressure. They blitz, they can get for the Steelers and get pressure regardless. And Baker Mayfield under pressure is horrible. Quarter minimum 100 dropbacks this year, been 31 quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield has quarterback rating of 22.6. Only Teddy Bridgewater is actually worse. In a clean pocket, he's been great. Well, guess what? Against Cincinnati, he should have a clean pocket. The Cincinnati defensive line is, I don't even know who's left. You have Reader on the on IR, you have Hubbard now on IR. Geno Atkins and Dunlap just are like going to be traded to the Bills. Maybe I don't know. They're they took the Bengals out of their Instagram profile. They're not practicing today for some reason. So who's left? I, it's insane. There's no and they're thirty first in pressure rate regardless. But they're not even playing their best guys. And then on top of that, you have William Jackson, who's been great at corner this year. He's in concussion protocol. He's playing at a top twenty cornerback level so far this year. He might not play. Joe Mixon, he might not play. So, look, I'll bet against this Bengals team trying to dink and dunk their way down the field and go – and I don't have to worry about his back door as much with, with minus three here. And the Browns will be able to move the ball, just like everyone does in this Bengals defense, but especially the Browns. The, the Bengals just have terrible linebackers. Their offense is built to succeed against this Bengals D, and the Bengals just don't get pressure. And if you don't pressure Mayfield, this offense is going to put him into places – to succeed because they're going to be able to run the ball. Everyone is going to be – the entire defense is going to be coming up. The safety is going to be coming up, and they're going to hit a few deep shots, and they're going to break a few runs, big runs. So uh, I like the Browns in a a bounce-back spot here because these are just the teams that they match up well well with. Um, When they're going to play teams that are going to pressure them, Baker Mayfield is going to fold. And even if Baker Mayfield doesn't go and it's Case Keenum, fine. You could put Case Keenum in the same situations that you put Baker Mayfield in with this rushing offense, and he'll succeed as well. In case Keenum is a very underrated deep ball. So give me the Browns minus three uh, against the Bengals. Love it. Uh, this was – Seattle, I think, was the first bet I locked in this week because I figured, you know, no matter what happened with, with Arizona, the books weren't going to, uh, you know, get, make that line any lower. So I uh, bet them. But this was, I believe, the second bet I made of the week. I, I would have taken them if you hadn't. Uh, I think that it's, you, everything you hit on is exactly true. Uh, you have to – bet uh based on these offensive line matchups and and what i and i don't mean like you just 
blindly say, okay, a team can get pressure or this team can't get pressure. Cause like there's situations when certain teams just aren't as affected by pressure, you know, like the Titans. Uh, so like the Steelers, their advantages that they have against most teams, they don't have it against the, the Titans. But I think in this spot, this is a perfect spot to, to buy back in uh, on a Browns team. That was such a clear fade last week, because as you mentioned, going against the Steelers. So uh, love this pick uh, for you, and, and I would have definitely taken it. I think Miles Garrett will have a few big plays here. By the way, do you know who the number two quarterback is this year under pressure? Who is it? Your boy Philly Rivers. I know. Yeah, he's he's good when he's not terrible, right? Like, <laughs> it's like it's like you. Know, that's the thing with Rivers, though, man. I guess another dude that I'm probably not going to be betting on this year, just because like you don't know what you're going to get with him. Bill Rivers yeah. will always be the goat tease piece. You just yeah, tease him, right? play just good enough to stay in the game and just bad enough to like not win it so you have to like be driving on that last play and end up like back he's not going to cover against bad teams but he'll (laughs) find a way to win like last week by like three barely I mean and another thing uh going in Cleveland's favor to get back to them real quick I think Stefanski's uh, still a solid coach and uh, he's been dealt a kind of below average hand in Baker Mayfield I actually talk about it I have an article up at the Action Network uh, talking about when the different quarterback metrics stabilize and, and what it tells us about you know where these quarterbacks are over the last uh, three draft classes before this in terms of being a franchise passer and uh, Mayfield we're over 1,200 dropbacks now into his career uh, and he's below average in adjusted net yards per attempt he's around 5.9 uh, you always want to crack six uh, these days because the, the efficiency has been going up in the league a couple years ago the league average was like five nine. I think in 2017, uh, but now it's around 6.4, and uh, and Mayfield's just falling short, and it's because of the pressure, but since he gets none. The NFL season is upon us, and our friends at BetMGM Sports are offering Action Network podcast listeners a great sign-up offer. Just make your first deposit using the bonus code ACTIONPOD and receive a 100% deposit match up to $500. They've got parlay bonus payouts, live betting markets, daily odds boosts, all sorts of great stuff. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTIONPOD to double your bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in the great states of Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. And now, back to the show. All right. For the sixth and final pick of the Week 7 Sunday Six Pack, I am going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers three-point favorites on the road Facing the Las Vegas Raiders. And I'll be the first to say, Raiders playing well this year. Uh, I will also be the first to say, don't let the loss of Trent Brown go understated. Because this Raiders offensive line, it, when, it's, when it's on, it's on. But he's a key piece there at right tackle. They love to run on the right side. And, um, you know, he came back against KC. And it was, you know... Everybody talks about, you know, the, the narrative was like, hey, Kansas City offense, we got to change the way we play. You know, you kind of being reckless there. But the Raiders put up 40 points in that game. And it was, it was no surprise that Trent Brown being back, uh, you know, for the really his first healthy game all year was, uh, you know, that happened at that, at that point. And that was impressive. But now he goes on the COVID list and you're going against the number one defense 
in in the league. A, a defense that, you know, showed that Aaron Rodgers is still who we thought he was, which is a great quarterback when he doesn't face pressure or at least teams that can get pressure without always bringing, bringing a blitz. So um, I think Derek Carr, he's been playing a lot better this year, um, really grasping that offense. But I think this is a tough spot for them. Uh, Tampa, you know, even coming off the bye, because the, the trends favor the, the favorites coming off the bye, especially on the road, uh, not as much in terms of the uh, when you have a, an underdog in that spot. And uh, I think that the Brown news, which broke a little earlier today, we're recording this on a Wednesday night. Uh, I think that was big. I actually bet it before that uh, at two and a half. Uh, it's at three now. I suspect it'll actually it'll probably go the other way here. Um, because uh, I think that's a big, big loss. And Tampa Bay is actually the number one team in DVOA in the league, like it, just in overall uh, DVOA. Vegas, number 21. So they have some impressive wins on the resume. New Orleans, Kansas City, they're a giant killer. So, hey, maybe the, uh, you know, the Bucks are next, but I'm not buying it. I think uh, if, you know, the Raiders are still getting a little bit overrated uh, because of the, 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 the teams that they beat. But they go to Buffalo. Uh, I mean, Buffalo comes in there, uh, and they can't beat Buffalo. And uh, they can't run the ball against Buffalo, which was, which was kind of surprising. And I think Tampa Bay, a team that can take away your run game, and even without Vita Vea, who we talked about, is probably worth like a point to that, to that defense. But, I mean, man, do they have guys flying around in, in this defense. I mean, White and, and uh, uh, JPP and – uh, Levante David was ridiculous against Green Bay. I just think it's, it's going to be a tough spot for, for the Raiders, especially when they don't have their O-line uh, intact. So I uh, was also thinking about betting the Vegas team total under. It's a pretty high total game. I don't know if it's uh, warranted for the Raiders. I think the Bucs will, will put up some points, but uh, uh, I'm expecting a, a convincing Bucks win here. Uh, I think you disagree with me, though, so tell me why I'm wrong. I mean, I did before, but – it's it's tough that I this game might get canceled to be honest. I mean, they sent all their offensive linemen home today. I mean, all offensive linemen are near each other all the time. So we'll see who tests positive. Richie Incognito is also not back to him. Brown's not gonna play. Richie Incognito would have been big against uh going up against Sue. We didn't get to see I still want to see how much of a loss Vita Vea is. Last week you didn't really get to see it because you know, I mean the Packers went down and scored right away, and then Aaron Rodgers just threw a bunch of pick six and then they had to throw it and like I want to see if how elite the Bucks run D still is because Vita Vea just is so good. And he also can generate pressure in the middle, but he just takes up bodies to free up those linebackers. And, um, you know, they signed Steve McClendon and they have some guys who might be able to help, but I, I still want to see more time to see how much of an adjustment down it is. Levante David might be the best linebacker in football right now. Uh, Dean is elite. Um, Carlton Davis, their corners are legit, and Winfield's playing well at safety. This might be the best defense in the NFL. I told you um, that secondary, man. Watch that secondary. I know, I know you had your questions about them. Yeah, I wanted to see the if there year, was some regression, but... and the level is not dropping. Um, so, I mean, but situationally, it's a, it's a, it's a bad spot for Tampa. Mm-hmm. They're coming off this huge win. The Raiders are coming off of a bye. But now you're sending all these guys home. The offensive line, which is your strength, isn't there. I mean, Carr's been really good. He's number one in the NFL in deep passing, too. They're, so they're actually taking more shots now, which I like. You know, but Edwards still isn't going to play. The defense is still really bad. So I, I would – I was going to look at the Raiders over three, but there's so many question marks now with uh, this offensive line and the COVID stuff, and they're just not fully healthy. There's something that I'm still trying to look into, and it's about circadian rhythm. There's been a bunch of articles written about East Coast teams 
traveling to the West Coast to play a primetime game. From like 1970 to like 2012, which where all the studies are done, these East Coast teams have been awful on the West Coast at primetime compared to the afternoon. Like it was just free money to play them. But over the last like 10 years, it's not really mattered. So our teams, and just in general, maybe the market has priced it, priced it in. Teams are also getting smarter about travel. So, you know, over the last 10 years also, the West Coast team traveling east for that one o'clock kick, there's, you used to be able to fade them, you know, 20 years ago and make money, but there's no longer an edge there. So I don't think there's anything to it, but that used to be a big thing way back in the day. Um, yeah, the Bucks, the Bucks D is legit. Brady has his weapons now. Um, he should be able to move the ball against the Raiders. I don't hate the under or the team total under with the Raiders, but these teams play on the slower side. And uh, if the Raiders don't have a fully healthy offensive line, it could be a long night. I mean, I think this is an interesting week for picking your spots with narratives and overreactions. It kind of feels a little bit like week two, week three overreaction week because I find myself in most of the spots that I was betting backing teams last week, I'm selling. I'm selling Pittsburgh. Uh, I am I'm backing Green Bay. I'm backing Cleveland you know, after fading them last week. Uh, but Tampa Bay is the one team that I'm going back to. And I think that it's interesting that like Aaron Rodgers reverts to who he always was, which is a, a, a great quarterback when he's clean. But just at this point, they don't have enough weapons to, to beat good defenses that can get pressure. And, you know, that never changed. They just had an easy schedule to start the year. But at the same time, it's like, Green Bay goes up 10 nothing in this game. Aaron Rodgers has been playing out of his mind. He's still Aaron Rodgers. They have Devontae Adams. I know their tackle goes down, uh, Bakhtiari, and, uh, you know, that little concerning, even though I do like Green Bay against the Texans. But no one's talking about the fact that they, they held this team scoreless for the last three quarters. I mean, you get a pick six and Green Bay gets the ball back. It's not like, like when you get a pick six, you know, it's not like that should make the other team scoreless. They get the ball right back. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers has, what, his first, you know, multi-interception game in forever? Uh, he, he never does that. And, and I don't think people are talking enough about that. Like, that, that's impressive when you have a team that's you're, – you're kind of in your pre-event mode. You know, you're up big. You're up 28-10 in the second quarter. And you don't allow a point in the, sec, in the second quarter and the second half. Like, this is, this is a, an extremely good team. They, they caught a bad break against, in, against Chicago. But uh, – I think this defense, uh, you know, I I love to get them as their short favorite here because I think it's just a matter of the the Vegas Raiders, you know, getting good wins at the right times. If they had beat, let's say, Buffalo and, uh, well, eh, New England, I guess, would have been impressive. But, like, if they had beat Buffalo, which they probably should have or had a better chance to, then, you know, instead of KC or, or maybe New Orleans, I think this line is is, is closer to, like, five. And I don't really think there's much difference in this Vegas team either way. And no O-line uh, struggles on the O-line. So, yeah, give me Tampa. Yeah, Tampa held Green Bay. They had a hunt. They had 69 nice uh, interception, <laughs> interception return yards in the Nailed second it. quarter. 69 interception return yards. And they held Green Bay to five total yards of offense. Five. Remember when I said uh, this Tampa team kind of reminds me of the Niners last year when it was around this time where – I started feeling like, hey, like this team has a Super Bowl defense. And in the Niners, it was the same narrative for the Niners. They like, they go to play Aaron Rodgers and everyone's kind of like, like, cause like that was a head scratching line. The, the fact that it closed at three in favor of the Packers, I know we were both on the Bucks and I think we both had the Bucks favorite, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. uh, in, in our pow- in our projected spreads, which are up on Action Network 
com, but that line closes at three in in the Packers' favor, and it it just didn't make any sense. But uh, it just kind of has that same feel where uh, people are sweeping on just how elite this Bucks defense is. Maybe because it's been so long since the Bucks were good on defense. But remember, this was a team that was top five in defense DVOA last year, even with Jameis. You know, throwing pick six, picks all around the yard and putting them in tough spots. This defense rose to the challenge. So uh, I'm going it's to legit. back Tampa. Yeah, I'm back well in Tampa while I can. Well, I still can. Like, we might not be able to get Tampa as, a, as, like, one of these short road favorites against a mediocre, solid team, but a little banged up. But, you know, we might not be able to get this later in the year. So uh, I think it's a good uh, spot for Tampa. So to recap, Stuck took the plunge with the New York Jets plus 13 and a half against the Buffalo Bills. His number one pick was the Lions, plus two and a half at the Atlanta Falcons. Like that one. And loves the Browns, minus three. And it's not really a road game against the pressure-deficient Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Of course, Stuck disagrees with all my picks, but I went with Seattle, minus three and a half. Road favorites coming off a bye uh, just a great spot for Seattle. Not impressed with Arizona. They played a really bad game against Dallas. Don't be fooled. Uh, Tennessee minus one and a half uh, at BetMGM, the official odds provider of the podcast. And uh, in my final pick was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, three-point favorites in Vegas, taking on the Raiders, who may have some COVID issues. So be you know monitor the the status of that game. As Stuck said, you know worst case scenario, maybe it gets moved or or, or postponed. So uh, we'll have to see. But uh, it's up right now. It's on the board. So going with that, uh, let's get into our favorite over under plays of the week. You had first pick for the week seven Sunday six pack. I will take the liberty of going first with the total. I must say, this was a tough totals week for me. I, I like the Bears-Rams under. I bet that, and I really don't want to get too invested in totals because I've been if, – if, when I went back and looked at my record this year, it's all so, like it's all size, and I'm, 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 I must be like 30% or something like on totals this year. It's, it's a nightmare uh, with, for totals for me. But So uh, kind of a, a, a tough week because the Rams are on Monday night, so it doesn't count in the contest. Uh, the one I see the most value on and uh, the only other total I've bet is the Washington Dallas Cowboys under 45 and a half. I got it at 46. Uh, I make it about 44. Kyle Allen, I, I thought maybe he would be kind of a, a, an over quarterback. You know, Dwayne Haskins, extremely inefficient. Uh, I thought maybe you'd get a little, little juice from Kyle Allen. I was mistaken. Allen's averaging – a depth of target of 5.4 yards. His average completed pass this season, just 3.9 yards. And then on the other side, you know, Washington's been pretty low scoring team, uh, you know, in terms of the, the, the combined points and the totals. They had that you know, big game against Cleveland where Cleveland put up a bunch of points. And, uh, but generally, Washington's been on the lower scoring side. They do give up the highest average depth of target on defense, 10.8 yards. Now, number one, I think that's going to regress. Uh, there are obviously some some weaknesses in that secondary, but now we're talking about Andy Dalton. And the Cowboys lost another offensive lineman. Yeah, Brandon Knight, their left tackle. Yes, he had yes. arthroscopic knee surgery. And Zach Martin is concussion, which means they might be down to Cam Irving, Connor Williams, a rookie center, Connor McGovern, and Terrence Steele. 
as they're starting right. off the line. Right. And and I would say the second most head scratching line of the week for me was uh, the Cowboys. Well, okay, I guess I shouldn't say that because the Cowboys are a big public team. So, but I was kind of surprised that, you know, I actually grabbed Arizona early in the week at minus two and ended up looking like a fish because the line goes all the way in the other way. So I bet it again. But uh, I just thought it was odd that, you know, like people forget that Andy Dalton is just terrible under pressure. And what does he do? He comes out and he checks the ball down for like zero yardage to Ezekiel Elliott, like on like four of the first like six plays of the game. And his receivers didn't help him at all. Michael Gallup, I don't, I don't know what that was. Uh, just a really bad spot for, for Dallas. I think they will be a lot more focused this week, but this, is, this has got to be a Zeke week. Uh, he has to take this team on his shoulders. This is a spot for Zeke to avenge all that went down last week, the two fumbles, putting the team in a hole early. Uh, I expect them to ride Zeke heavily. Uh, I expect them to run the ball a lot. I, I think that they will try to take a shot or two down the field and, uh, you know, hopefully it doesn't hit. It's Andy Dalton. So I think, you know, at least there's kind of the odds are in favor that it still, even with that uh, weak football team secondary, it's not necessarily a situation where Dallas may even want to pick on it after the way they played, in, you know, throwing the football last week where they needed, you know, 50 some odd passes just to get, you know, 266 passing yards and one touchdown that they shouldn't have even tried for at the end. I mean, it was just, it was just a a shit show. Uh, I expect a better performance, but uh, I expect a better performance in the sense of control the game, uh, play ball control, run Zeke a lot. Uh, The the football team is not going to really test you downfield on the other side. Maybe you take a couple shots and and you see Dallas hit a shot or two, but even so uh, I think this game has a tough time. Uh, getting over the total just because of the way I expect the, the game script to go. And this is probably, and I shouldn't say, because, you know, Dallas did struggle against the Giants on defense, but there was like a, two, two uh, defensive touchdowns in that game. And you mentioned the under starting to come back to the mean a little bit. And you look at the Cowboys, and I think you're going to start to see that happening with Andy Dalton. Uh, you're going to start to see some regression to the mean. I mean, they were just an over-machine earlier in the season with Dak Prescott bringing him back. I think this may actually be a situation where they don't fall behind early, which I think actually helps the total stay under uh, as well. So uh, like the Cowboys football team under 45 and a half. Washington's offense is dreadful and their defensive line should dominate this makeshift Cowboys offensive line. The one thing I wish we would have saw last week is what Dallas will look like under Andy Dalton from a pace perspective. Dallas is a speed racer before Dalton took over. I think, I think, and I project them to be a lot slower, a run first team. They want to mm-hmm. establish the run and then set up Dalton for some play action with their receivers. But, you know, Zeke fumbles the ball twice early in the game. They go down 14, nothing. You kind of have to throw more and you kind of have to abandon your game plan. But I do think that that's what we'll see, especially against Washington's defensive line, which should be in the backfield all day. Fuller's playing really well for them, but the rest of the secondary leaves a lot to be desired. But yeah, I expect, Washington plays fast too. So that's my only concern here is that both teams are fast from a pace perspective and they have two quarterbacks who potentially could give the ball away for some key turnovers. And depending on where they are, it could help or hurt the over-under. Uh, but I lean that way too. I might end up joining you. Um, uh, I got a crazy stat for you just before we move on. Okay, so Dallas, right? You mentioned they've been speed racer in pace. Number one in overall seconds per play. Number one in first half uh, seconds per play. 
Number one in second half seconds per play. Number one when the game is within six points. Number one when they trail by seven plus. Number one in situation neutral. Uh, the one spot they're not number one is when leading by seven or more. They're 25th. And this, even though they're as ugly as they were last week, might be the best game for them to actually build the commanding lead that they've had in some time. Because, of course, Dak goes down against the Giants and, and all that, you know, shenan- the shenanigans happened with the return before that. So uh, just something to keep in mind. If the regression hits Dallas, it will hit it hard because they're, they're way ahead of the top of the league in every other situation than the one they've actually uh, been in but could be in in this game. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you that total. For my favorite total of the week, I'm going with the Green Bay Packers and Houston Texans over 56 and a half at BetMGM. See if you can get a, tw- uh, a 56, but I'd make this closer to 58 after doing some digging. We saw the Green Bay defense last week. Look, they played – I mean, the Green Bay defense, they, if you look at a lot of the underlying metrics, it's awful. They're bottom five in the NFL. We know they can't stop the run, and we know they're not getting pressure. So I think Houston's offense is going to have success through the air. Deshaun Watson, he's going to have a clean pocket. When he does, he makes plays. And Houston plays faster, which is something to take note of. And it seems like under Romeo Cornell, they're going to play more aggressive and make smarter strategic decisions. Two weeks ago, they went for fourth down to put that game away instead of kicking the field goal. Last week, they went for two, which I agreed with, uh, even though they didn't get it. The Houston defense is just, look, Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers put up all those gaudy numbers against backup. We were saying it's not Packers aren't this good. There's regression coming for Rodgers. He was playing a lot better. The offense looked a lot smoother. But they were playing awful defenses, backup cornerbacks, rookie cornerbacks. Well, guess what? You get a really bad defense here that doesn't get pressure. The front seven is decimated. I mean, it's just J.J. Watt. That's it. Now, maybe he could take advantage of Bakhtiari's injury, but they're not getting pressure. They can't cover it's there they can't defend the run green bay should be able to do whatever it wants and on third down when houston goes back and sits in these zones rogers is going to find open receivers all day green bay should move the ball up and down the field houston should answer this should look like the titans texans games last week this texans defense is atrocious and the offensive line is going to put up points against a green bay defense that isn't that good either it's it's amazing i mean they still have vernon hargreaves out there Ever since the Bucks cut the cut Hargreaves, by the way, they became like the best defense in the league. And then Hargreaves goes to the Texans, and they're the worst defense in the league. It's like, no, everyone just wants to keep playing this guy. Um, I know he had a lot of talent, was highly touted, but it's just not working out. Yeah, give me the over. I think this is a points best. Both teams get the thirty. Are you at all concerned about? Bakhtiari because that's the only thing that gives me pause and, and I bet Green Bay actually I think I, even, I like Green Bay even a little more than the the total I know there's a lot of money coming in on the over two bad defenses that uh, that don't get pressure should be a lot of points all right this week's coach's pep talk we saved it we usually do it earlier there was no Thursday night last week so I said hey you know what let's save it again uh, because I want to dedicate this one to the Dallas Cowboys Uh, This coach's pep talk is from the 1976 classic film network and goes out to the Cowboys. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do and there's no end to it. We know things are bad, worse than bad. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy and all we say is just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs and go to the window 
open it and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not gonna take this anymore. All right, let's get into our favorite teasers of the week. Oh yeah, six point teasers. All right, Stuck. Uh, For anyone not familiar, teasers are when you combine two or more bets and each bet that you make, you get an extra six points uh, toward the spread. You can get other numbers, but six points is generally the standard. Uh, And here we each pick a two-team teaser. So for example, if you're teasing an eight-point favorite, they become a two-point favorite and an eight-point underdog uh, teased by six becomes a 14-point underdog. Stuck has a lot of great content. Uh, on the Action Network about uh, how to tease and, and when you have the edge, uh, you know, teasing through those key numbers. Stuck, where are you going for your teasers, uh, for your teaser in week seven? Yeah, there's, there's four good teaser options out there. You're going to go with the one I also like, so I'll throw out another one. Um, I actually played, I think yours, but another one that I played is San Fran plus eight, plus eight and a half against New England. I'm, I can't believe I slept on this opener at plus five and a half. I know it's a bounce back spot for Bitter Bill, but um, after two losses. But San Fran's healthier now on the offensive side. This New England offense just doesn't have it. The only time they have it is when they play Seattle. And the offensive line is a mess right now. I mean, they just can't throw it downfield. And San Fran can take away your run. They can take away short passing attack, even with their, you know, some of the injuries in the secondary. But they're a lot healthier now. This should be a lower scoring game, total down to 43 and a half. So that makes the teasing the dog even more valuable going from two to eight. So give me San Fran plus eight. And then uh, I'll throw the Chargers in there, minus one and a half, teasing down through seven, six, four, and three against the Jags. Jags are just just terrible. I mean, this defense is horrendous. They give up 30 to everybody. And they let everyone get their first win against them. This team is awful. It's only the Jets are worse. Uh, Chargers coming off of a bye as well here at home. And look, they've – Justin Herbert, why aren't we screaming about him? We scream about Joe Burrow. Like, I, I like Joe Burrow, but all he does is check it down. He's under attack every play. There's not much he can do. Start screaming about Herbert. I mean, he's do, doing very well under pressure, too, which Burrow isn't. He's making some unbelievable throws down the field. He lost to Brady in a, and the Bucks in a game they could have won. They don't fumble. And look how good the Bucks have looked. That was in Tampa. They ended up losing by seven just because it's awful fumble at the end of the half. Then they lose to Breeze by three in a game they could have won. You know, before that, they lost to Carolina by five in a game – that they probably could have won. And he basically did beat Kansas City if the refs called Tyreek Hill for take a penalty for taking off his helmet that didn't allow Kansas City to go for two. So Herbert's been really good. Chargers are getting healthier on defense. I think the bye will serve them well. They should beat the Jags here. So Chargers and uh, 49ers. Yeah, that's a great call. Uh, there's only seven quarterbacks this year better in adjusted net yards per attempt than Justin Herbert. Wilson, Derek Carr playing well. Uh, Mahomes, Tannehill, Rodgers, Watson, and Josh Allen, the usual suspects. And then Justin Herbert is eighth, uh, 7.85 adjusted net yards per attempt. Uh, is playing extremely well. At first, I was a little worried because, you know, he was kind of making these, these big plays to these obscure receivers. But the more I look at it, it's like, okay, he's just a playmaker. Like, if he, if he can get touchdowns out of Donald Parham and, and Jalen Guyton and, you know, like – like every week it seems like some obscure charger receiver is catching a long touchdown from Justin Herbert. So uh, I, I like that call a lot. I'm going with the Detroit lions teasing them up to eight and a half uh, like that spot. I think they could actually uh, win outright in, in this spot. Again, Atlanta 
the magic of, of Dan Quinn being gone is going to wear off sooner or later. It's not a good team. And uh, teasing the New Orleans Saints down to one and a half. This is a game not really getting talked about much, kind of just a, one of these divisional matchups that no one's really checking for, especially after the Panthers had a wet down against the Bears. Uh, I think the Saints will take care of business here. Carolina, look, they might get Samuel back, which will help, but uh, I think you know the time to sell on Carolina was after that Falcons game, which was a, a great spot for them to come in and steal a win and, and get Dan Quinn fired. And then uh, I don't think they're going to play as well against teams like Chicago that play well on defense or a team like the Warlands who can – uh, who can put up points and, and run up the score. And, and Michael Thomas uh, is going to be back for New Orleans, which is a huge help. And uh, Carolina really gets nothing in terms of pressure. They have five sacks on the year. They've played six games. Do the math. Yeah, although Michael Thomas might not be back. Now he pops up with a hamstring today. So, But even so, that's why I like teasing. I mean, Peyton's 17-1 overall in this past 18 games in October. 16-1-1 against the spread. Uh, and – they're Saints off of a bye here, so you would think they're they're going to get a little healthier. I would assume Thomas plays, but he did pop up the injury report now with a, a hamstring issue. Um, but good coaches off of a bye, this is where I think buys are the most valuable. Reed, Belichick, Peyton, and Harbaugh, sixty-five percent against the spread after buy, and uh, Peyton in his career thirty-six and sixteen against the spread in October. This is his month. I agree with you there. All right. So teasers, just to recap. So stuck going with the Niners and Chargers. I'm going with the Lions and the Saints. Now let's get into our money line underdog parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the money line parlay. This segment is where we each take a money line underdog and uh, create a little parlay. Hopefully it hits for anyone out there that wants to, to get a little frisky with their, with their betting action and, and not play it so straightforward. Uh, Stuck, who are you going with for your dog this week? Give me Detroit. I think it's a coin flip game. I'll take the lines. Oh, hello. Hello, Detroit. I am going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I think that this Patriots team is usually one that uh, you would trust, but this is clearly not the same team. And this Niner defense with, you know, healthy cornerbacks and, and Mosley coming back, and they don't have to play practice squad Brian Allen, who just got picked on all game by Miami. Uh, this defense is still legit, even though they don't have Bosa. You know, they got Greenwall back. Uh, it's, this is not a pushover defense by any means, number 11 in DVOA. Uh, the Patriots... Apparently, they're managing Edelman's reps. He's dealing with a, a knee injury. They have nothing at receiver if Edelman's not playing at a high level. I mean, Demir Bird, this guy could have been out. Like, if the Patriots don't sign Demir Bird, is he in the league? Is he a, is he a starter on any other team? Probably not. Uh, this team is, is struggling on offense. It should be a low-scoring game, but I uh, wouldn't be surprised here to see Shanahan, uh, even though going across the, the, the coast, uh, I wouldn't be surprised here to see the, the Niners – uh, kind of pick up some ground. I uh, believe they're last in the in the West or, or tied for last at this point. So uh, they'll be motivated. Kyle Shanahan, uh, twelve and seven. Small sample, obviously, but twelve and seven in his career as a road underdog. Nineteen and thirteen against the spread uh, overall uh, as an underdog. So you know Belichick's not the only one that has some trends working for him in this spot. Uh, I just think the Patriots are reeling right now, and the Niners are, are heating up. All right. Uh, let's finish it up with the best of the rest, and uh, then we'll get our survivor pick and get out of here. 
let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs coming off that uh, big rebound win against the Bills on Tuesday night. Now they go to Denver. Nine and a half is the line in favor of the Chiefs on the road. The total, when's the last time you've seen a total for a Chiefs game at 46 and a half, Stuck? Yeah, I mean, it's, it is very low for a Chiefs game. There are things that lead me to think that the under could hit here. One, this Broncos defense, despite all their injuries, is playing really well. Vic Fangio in his second year, you can see that progression. Um, you know, they want to keep everything in front of them. That's give up no big plays. That's really the goal, and they don't really blitz a lot. That's the goal of the Fangio defense, which is kind of how you have to play the Chiefs. And there's this you – know, those are the teams that beat the Chiefs, and the Bills did it last week. They just said, look, you can – I mean, they didn't have any defensive linemen, but they were just saying you can run against us. The Chargers always do it. And I think that's the best way to play the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs have, are dealing with a Super Bowl hangover that's going to persist throughout the year. And what I mean by that is they know how good they are. So when they play like these really elite teams, you can see the difference in the preparation, the emotion. But, you know, they could have lost to the Chargers. They could have lost. They did lose to the Raiders at home. They were kind of flat against the Bills, to be honest. So I think that there's just this, you know, it's not like they're going into these loud stadiums where everyone's like, I hate the Chiefs. They know how good they are. And it's like against these lesser teams, they kind of just go through the motions a little bit is what we've seen. So I make the line about right. This is probably a stay away from me. I was on the Chiefs against the Bills last week. The the defense is highly impressive. I know Josh Allen had some misses, but this defense can stifle uh, these mobile quarterbacks, which is a big plus when it comes down to you know, beating some of the elite teams in this league. Uh, I think this will be kind of a sweepy spot, but the under is too low to bet uh, and uh, not, not back in the Chiefs as a road favorite coming off, you know, on a short week. So, yeah, uh, stay away. For me, you know, we get, we get the Chiefs minus 21 against the Jets next week, so that'll be fun. So that does it for the best of the rest. Uh, let's now get into our survivor pool pick of the week. One pick. One chance to advance. Survivor. All right. So we both got knocked out, unfortunately, in week five. Broke a long streak, but uh, we hit with the Dolphins. Wait, did you? Who did you take last? We both hit the Dolphins, right? Yeah. 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 We both hit with the Dolphins. They, they shut out the Jets. I think Brian Flores coming off the bye next week. This team is an interesting team to watch going forward with, with uh, Tua. But uh, where are you going this week? Uh, looks like you already used the Bills in week one against the Jets. So uh, where are you going? Don't be shocked if the Jets win this game, people. We've seen crazier things. Uh, I'm going with the Chargers. Fade the Jags. Uh, you know, the, the Rams aren't really a lock against the Bears. That could be a low-scoring game to go either way. Uh, Chiefs division spot. So, yeah, going with the Chargers. And, and Herbert's been impressive. All right, that, uh, that does it. Great stuff, Stuck, as always. For you guys out there, you can follow Stuck on the Action Network app and in all his picks at Stucky2. You can also follow him on Twitter. You can follow me at Chris Raybon on the app and on Twitter. And be sure to check out actionnetwork.com for all of our betting content uh, as well as fantasy content, uh, World Series content going on. Uh, Stuck and Colin Wilson will have the Friday College Football Podcast, the Monday Football Recap Pod. Uh, and we'll also be back uh, next Wednesday with the Fantasy Flex. Good luck in week seven, and let's get this money. A-E-T-S.
We're finished talking. <laughs>